Hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for joining me in my very first and my new podcast, The Life of a Missionary. This is really exciting. This is new, different thing for me. Um, so I don't really know what I'm doing, but please be patient. Please help me out. Uh, please support uh, this new conversation, this new podcast that I'm going to be releasing in the next few weeks. But my name is Enrique Nunez. I currently live in Boise, Idaho. I served my mission in Las Vegas. And I originally was born in Mexico, but this podcast is not about me. It is about other returned missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and about their experiences, their journeys, uh, and just life as a missionary. My first guest today, my first guest ever, uh, is a good friend of mine. He is currently studying to get his master's in organizational leadership. Uh, he's also engaged to Shelby Perry, who will be joining us today. He also served in the Dominican Republic Santo Domingo mission. So please welcome my very first guest, Spencer Anderson. You are listening to The Life of a Missionary, a podcast that dives into the experiences of former missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Enrique Nunez, and I will be your host to the journey of these mission stories from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so thanks for being my first guest. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming out, <clears throat> Spencer. Um, are you gonna want to talk a little bit about your? You served a mission, right? Where'd you serve? Peru, you both speak Spanish. Yep, yeah. we both speak Spanish. Do we speak Spanish to each other? Sometimes. We read Spanish every night in scriptures. Really? Yep. That's cool. You both have your... Oh, I guess you don't need a, your hard copies. No, we use hard oh, copies sometimes. Them. Okay. Most of the time we'll use our phone, though. Just Right now we're in the Book of Mormon. Is that the first thing you're reading? Mm-hmm. Or do you already read, read something else? Just the Book of Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so for people who don't know, you guys are engaged. You guys both served missions in Spanish. Where'd you guys meet? So we met, I actually knew her sisters uh, last summer. They were in our singles ward, and I hung out with them quite a, quite a bit. And real good friends, met her family. They all loved me, and they wanted me to marry their other daughter on a mission. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so when she got off, um, her sister Audra invited me to come over and play some volleyball with them, with their family. And so we did, and we talked, and then she fell in love with me. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> That's one side of the story. Yeah. What's, how, how did it actually happen? Well, it was pretty much like that. Mm, my first Sunday home, uh, my dad poked into the bishop's office where he was talking to his bishop because he was the eldest one president and uh, I like I also peeked in and I was like hi like very awkward return missionary like oh, I don't know you okay <laughs> and then after that my sister was like oh we need to invite Spencer you need to get to know him I was like oh okay sounds good I don't even know this guy and then we played volleyball and then we just hung out a bunch and then he asked me out and it yeah, our first our first date was going to a wedding reception together. So she was my plus <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> like a first date. Yeah, so it was a good first date. But the cool thing is that we always kind of knew that we, I don't know, that we'd be together ever ever since like the first date. We knew that it was gonna be something special. So yep. it just kind of flowed really quick, and she went off to school shortly after that, and so we did a long distance relationship for a while, and then. Hmm. Ended up getting engaged before Fourth of July. Came home. Yep, that's cool, man. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Because you and I have known each other for two years, about two and a half years. Yeah, I would say two and a half years. Cool. Yeah, yeah and it's been—I wouldn't say it's been a struggle, but I feel like you're, you're kind of picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, very high standards, I think. But there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So well, she definitely fits the bill and meets. And well, actually, exceeds expectations. So. There we go. Good. Save. I'm learning that every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right. Well, let's get down to the to the reason why we're here um, for the podcast, and it's about the missions. So you served in the 
Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. la República yeah. Dominicana. Um, how was that, man? How was getting used to the climate, to the culture, to, I guess, everything? Yeah, I guess starting off, culture-wise, um, definitely hot. It's averages in the 80s year-round. Uh, humidity is very high. <laughs> My first area was on the on the ocean, so it was just very humid. But culture-wise, you know, it is a shock. You go there and people are living in, you know, tin roof houses, you know, or they have, like, cardboard on the side of their house. And so it's it's really hard to see. But you kind of get used to it after a while, and you learn that the people really are happy with what they have. And they don't really know much better. And so uh, I, I love my time there. The people there are, are just amazing, really fun and loving people. Yeah, so I'm from a Hispanic culture as well. I don't know how different it is because um, I'm from Mexico, so I don't know how different it is from the, the Dominican Republic. But I had some friends that were like very, very dark. Like I'm, I'm pretty dark, but they were like black. So I don't know. Were there a lot of, uh, I guess, light skinned people over there? Were there? Yeah. So there, there are pockets of people where there was more of a kind of a Spanish descent instead of from Africa because it was kind of a mix of the both of them. Mm. And then where I served, it's closer to Haiti. And so then you get a lot of that Haiti influence as well, which is very, very dark. Right. Um, but yeah, there definitely are some lighter skinned ones and um, they like to show it. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's like, there's different cultures where they they emphasize on their skin color. So like in the American culture, People want to be tan because it's like they're active or they're they're doing stuff outside. There's other cultures where they're dark and they want to be lighter skinned. Mm-hmm. So how are they over there in, in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, I, you, you would see a lot of uh, women that would put on makeup to kind of make them look a little bit lighter skinned. Hmm. Um, but I think for the most part, they really loved who they were and they, you know, they just owned it and so they like being dark and they're proud of it they're proud to be dominican and of that heritage that's pretty cool man um what kind of food you you get (laughs) yeah (laughs) well like it's your typical rice and beans and chicken almost every day and they throw eggs in there they throw little breads but for the most part it was that Uh, we had yuca which is kind of like a potato it's Mm -hmm. it's a root and they didn't have a like a lot of salads and different things. It wasn't something they had, but tons of fruit. I mean, we would have people just give us fruit. We'd go to their house. We didn't even know the people. They asked if they if they want if we wanted some mangoes or just random limes, yeah, or you some were, bananas. Like while you were attracting and stuff, yeah. <laughs> and we'd have random people just invite us in for dinner, and so we just, you know, they had their religion that they liked, but they would still invite you in, give you some juice and. And really awesome people. And were they most mostly Catholic, mostly Catholic background? Yeah, I would say um, there is quite a bit of evangelical okay. in there as well. Um, so I would say most people, I'd say fifty percent are Catholic, and then the other, like twenty five percent, are evangelical. A little bit of Jehovah's Witness for there as well. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah, so. Serving those countries is, is really difficult because coming from from the United States where there's really no need of anything and going to those to those countries like I'm sure you had some it's like heartbreaking experiences um, like do you do you remember any of those do you know like did any of those come to mind Yeah um, I I remember this one uh, lady and. It's just really sad. She had a, a young kid, no father. Um, like he, I don't know what happened, but he wasn't around. And she barely had enough food to, or barely enough money to eat. And so she would ask us for like just this little bit of rice. And it made just, it was just so sad because it was literally just this little sack of rice is all she asked for. She didn't ask for all these money, all this money or different like a big meal she just wanted just this little bit to get by and that is something that happened quite a bit with people where they didn't have a lot 
And money there is, it's, it's an issue. There's a lot of poor people and they always talk about money. They always want more money, more money, more money. If I had money, it would solve all my problems. And that's kind of their mentality. And Well, well that's interesting because like, I think a lot of people in the United States have that mentality as well. Yeah. Even though they have a lot more things, they're not really suffering for food like that. They still think, you know, a nicer house or a nicer car, that'll, that'll make me happy. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Or to solve some, old, some one of my problems that right. I have. Yeah. Exactly. That's super weird. Different cultures, but different needs. Same, and yeah. Same mentality. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy, man. I don't, I mean, I, I came back from, again, like I said, from the Mexican background. Um, and I remember being like that as well, like eating rice and beans and, and things of the sort. Um, I remember going to school and it was like, we would buy our lunch that day. Because, like, all you had was to buy for that day. Like, you couldn't really plan for the week or for the weekend. You had to plan for for the, that next coming day. So you buy your, your lunch, you buy your dinner that morning, and then you do the same thing over and over again. That's actually the same in the Dominican. Uh, they have these little little shops kind of on the, on the corners, and they call them colmados. Mm-hmm. And there you would buy, like, your daily chicken, everything kind of, like you said, just for that day. Yeah, it's pretty sad, man. <laughs> but I mean, the people who live, you know, in the bigger, like at the capital city and it's nicer areas, they go to stores, supermarket type mm. type things. But the people who I, you know, live with and, you know, was in those areas, it was very much day by day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how was your guys' like, f- I guess for you missionaries, your financial situations? Because, like, with us in Vegas, we had $125 a month, which doesn't seem like much, but it was just enough to, to buy the necessities, and then the members took care of our meals, at least dinners. But everything else was up to us for our breakfast, for our lunch, and then for our personal hygiene. 125 bucks a month. Yeah, I think we had around, I think it was around $200. Okay. I'm not really sure how much, because it was always in pesos. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dominican pesos. But... It seemed like we always had enough money to go around. Um, we didn't really get fed very much by the members. It was kind of just you show up and they just feed you. Oh. But it was kind of rare for someone just to, like we never had sign-ups or anything mm-hmm. where people would feed you. It'd be mainly you go visit someone like, hey, come back in two days and we'll feed you or something like that. Hey, man, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we always had those those little sign-up sheets. Uh, I remember one, it was only once on my mission where it was completely full. And then uh, the next day we got transferred out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like, dang it. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of missed out on that, but that's okay. Um, how about your P-Days? How, how did those go? P-Days were crazy. <laughs> what did you guys do? Yeah, we... What uh, could you do? Well, we, we did a lot of like sports activities. It's it's really beautiful there. So we'd go up, we'd do lots of hikes and go to the mountains. You guys swam, huh? I never did swim, <laughs> but I did go in a waterfall once. Okay. But oh. in my defense, we went into a cave and we had bat poop all over us. So I, we had to get it off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we did a lot of sports. How did that, I guess, how did that come up with the... With the bat poop, the bat poop. Well, we're in this area. Uh, it's in the in the mountain region of the Dominican Republic, so, which actually was a nice area because it wasn't as hot, hmm. and I didn't need to use a fan for most of the time while I was there when I slept. Because if usually at night you can't go to sleep unless you have a fan, it's just too hot. Well, yeah, because they they don't have AC over there, do they? No, and and they have power maybe like a quarter or a half the time. And so if the power goes out, you're going to be up all night just sweating. <laughs> and you can't really get out of your your sheet because it's there's too many mosquitoes. Oh. So when the power goes out, it's just you just know it's going to be a bad night. You just accept it and try to yeah. fall asleep. But anyways, about the uh, that area, uh, all the members had this really cool spot where they like to take missionaries, and that was the spot where... There's these pretty waterfalls. You go on this nice hike up. It takes half a day to get up there. And then, yeah, I mean, you just go through this little cave. It just fits right 
around your body. You go in, then it opens up, and you, you don't want to turn your flashlight on because you're going to see some scary-looking oh. <laughs> bats looking down on you. So if, if those bats would have gotten angry, they would have tried to get out that same mm. hole, that we ch- and that would have just been really scary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think I've encountered bats like that before. Uh, being in Vegas, we don't really. I mean, we see coyotes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but not really bats. Yeah, there were there were bats all the time. Like we'd be walking at night, and they just swoop right over your head, and mm. yeah, it was just kind of a normal thing. What they kind just, of... They just eat all the mosquitoes and all the bugs. Oh, that's good. I mean, they thrive out there it's, for sure. It's tons of food for them. What other uh, kinds of animals are out there? Uh. There's actually not a lot. Uh, you'll you'll see a lot of birds, but not the birds like exotic type birds. There's lots of pigeons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of dogs. Lots of ugly looking dogs like that are mal- dogs. yeah malnutrition <laughs> and there's no big predators or anything, so you can go in the mountains. You don't have to worry about oh. something getting you. There, there's there's snakes. Lots of tarantulas. I I remember waking up one day and we had mosquito nets in this one area <laughs> and I wake up and there's a tarantula just sitting right over my head just on top of the mosquito net Ugh. just looking down on me so it was kind of freaky but yeah tons of spiders tons yeah. of bugs tons of cockroaches that does not sound fun man <laughs> yeah. Shelby saw some of the pictures of me and like trying to just faking eating cockroaches yeah. and tons of rats and mice I have tons of pictures of me killing them and yeah eating them (laughs) we really didn't eat them but yeah it's interesting that how um i guess cultures like that that are poor have those kind of animals all the time rats and roaches and and things of the sort because in mexico we had a lot of rats a lot of roaches a lot of ants just everywhere yeah there were tons of ants it's so weird um i don't know if it's because of the climate or just because it's i don't know yeah i assume i mean the hotter what i guess because like New, I mean, York New York has a lot of it's rats. It's not really hot in New York it's most cold. of the year, yeah. But I mean, like, the sewers—that's where they mostly thrive. That's true. Yeah. So and I don't... they just come up and get extra food just or whatever. Millions they want. of them. Yeah. So gross. Have you been to New York? Uh. Uh-uh. Have you been? No. I've been to Chicago a few times, but Chicago's really clean. Is it? Because mm-hmm. all the wind. So yeah. It blows everything away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chicago's really nice. Yeah. I went to. Or Nicole and I went to Louisiana last year um, to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. New Orleans. I don't know how they say New it. Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got in trouble the other day for saying New Orleans. Um, but it's it's kind of a dirty city, man. It's There's it like smells garbage too, like, everywhere. It smells like urine. and Yeah, so I went down Bourbon Street, mm-hmm. which is like, it's, it's super famous. That's where all the bars are and stuff. But Nicole was doing her work conference, so I was just kind of roaming the city um and this lady on the plane told us don't go out at night like if you do go out at night stay in the lit areas she's like i'm from i'm from there so just warning you it's like whoa so i went broad daylight uh just walking down bourbon street and yeah man there's just garbage everywhere the sidewalks are all cracked nothing is worked on there's people drinking in the middle of the day it smells like trash it smells like urine um it's just like man, what once you get out like into the city, it's it's still kind of like, I guess, because of the flood, it was a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of just going downhill. <laughs> like I definitely wouldn't want to live there. There's lots of cities like that. It's really unfortunate, especially cities with such rich culture and yeah. they're so old. I mean, I was just in um, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, in May, and that's just a beautiful city and it's one of the oldest cities in the united states and they keep it really nice so i don't know if it's just the culture of where those people live or maybe just the the amount of effort they put into keeping it clean right yeah yeah i don't know man uh boise's boise's pretty clean uh i was living in salt lake for a while for for a long time but i think boise's a little cleaner than than salt lake have you lived in Boise your whole life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Have you lived yeah. in Boise? Okay. So. I did a stint in Memphis, Tennessee, and that was actually pretty nice. Mm. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't really 
visited a lot of places. We went to Texas and then we went to Vegas uh, just to visit our missions. But Vegas is just such a big city, man. Like it takes forever to get from place to place. And the fun I always tell people it's it's funny because when they think when they think Vegas, they just think the strip. Yeah, it's so much bigger than yeah. that. Have you been to Vegas? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. A few times. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um Yeah, There's just lots from... to do there too, even outside the strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like we never went on the strip on my mission. Uh we that was actually out of a out of everybody's area. Um, I don't think the strip actually exists in the mission maps. I don't. I, I, would, <laughs> I doubt it. I would assume. So it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty weird. But yeah, we never went on there, and there's lot lots of things to do, lots of stores and lots of. Uh, there was a like a flea market. I just sold a bunch of weird things. Um, those are pretty fun. But a lot a lot of times we just did kind of like just sports, like like you said. We didn't do a lot of hiking. We should have. It's pretty hot there, right? <laughs> yeah. Even year round, is it, or is it really uh, nice during the winter? No, it actually gets pretty cold. I got there in December. Uh, we were, I was, I was assigned to bike, and then we were gonna go on our first assignment because I got there at night because it takes it takes forever, it takes all day. But then when we went back out, we didn't really, or when we went back to our our apartment, we kind of settled down for the night. And then the next morning, when we we're ready to go, my companion's like, "Do you have a coat?" I'm like, "No, it's it's Vegas, like it's fine." He's like, "Let let me." Uh, let me, I guess, let you borrow my jacket, my my vest, and I was like, I'll be fine, man. It's <laughs> like, no, trust me. This is December. Like, I think it was like December tenth or something, December eleventh. Uh, so we went out on bike, and it was freezing, man. Like, I I did not expect it, cause well, like, especially getting like the wind, you know, coming at you. Yeah, but like and... that's that's not what I expected at all. Like, even if it was winter, I was like, okay, it'll probably be like sixty degrees or something. So I didn't pack any warm clothes because the the missionary packet said you're going to vegas pack for warm weather etc cetera, etc cetera. okay cool um yeah i would get down to about 30 degrees especially at night because the it's, it's desert so it gets cold at night anyway but like february time where it's like eight hours of sunlight it gets really cold man so we had to bike with our like with one hand or with no hands yeah. like just in our pockets um, cause it was, yeah, it was cold, but no mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. That was nice. Yeah. Did you have a lot, you had a lot of mosquitoes, huh? Mm, just in my last area. Most of my mission was pretty cold. It was like Southern Peru. So I always uh-huh. wore a jacket and everything. Interesting. Tights. But in my last area, it was a little hotter. Mosquito bites all over my legs. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. She still has them. Yeah. <laughs> it's been day. like, what, four months since you've been back? bit over almost five months. almost five yeah. five months and already engaged huh crazy he picked me Damn. right up <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't waste any time and she didn't want to be. she was always telling people like i'm not going to be that missionary that comes off and gets engaged and <laughs> I didn't want then here to i be. come and did either of you guys over. have a uh, somebody waiting for you no okay that's always heartbreaking not even close <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah i don't know man that's the missions are, are crazy. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Um, any scary experiences? Yeah, I mean, I was in shootings. I was in four shootings. and What? Yeah. Like, I remember we were riding our families one time, and all of a sudden you just hear this bullet right, comes right through the glass in our internet center, and everyone's, like, getting on the ground, freaking out. And then there's another case where we're just walking down the road, and all of a sudden these guys start running towards towards us and past us. And then the police are following them. They start mm. shooting down the alleyway that we're in. And Just, so we're, we're trying to get as close as we can to the wall. And, like, I tried to, like, kick down this door <laughs> so I could, like, get in this right. door. And, yeah, it's scary. Man, like, what are you thinking of that, that during that time? The only thing I was thinking of was, like, get inside or something. Like, so I was legitimately, like, kicking in a door. And it wasn't getting kicked in. But <laughs> <laughs> By the time I, like... It all happened. It went really fast, and then they like kind of ran by us. But it was—they didn't even freaky. care, man. No, they don't really care. <laughs> and then I was in lots of tropical storms and hurricanes, and you guys have to find shelter and stuff. Um, yeah, they weren't actually too bad, like where we were. Um, one of them, like the first one I was in, 
it was a hurricane and I was pretty close to the water. Mm. Uh, but we were on the other side of the island where it wasn't as bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember we there was this guy who was a member of our church and he his leg was jacked up from a motorcycle accident years before so he could barely walk. And so we had to trudge through this water up to our waist just to get to him and make sure that him and his little boys were okay. And hmm. uh, he was, but I mean, yeah, it's scary. I mean, we did a lot of service with all those storms, you know, people's houses fall down or um, things happen to their property. And so we just kind of help out right. as much as we can. But it, it was, it was good just to be with the people and, like mourn with them, you know, because they lost a lot of things, but they always rebuild, and I I just love their resilience. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's that's so tough because it's like you you live in this poor country, and you barely have anything, and then it's knocked out, it, it's gone, and it's like you have to rebuild again, and then it happens again, <laughs> like. Yeah, and, and some of these people, they just kind of, like, just repeats. Because I showed Shelby some pictures the other day where you know, there's this town, right, or, like, this, this group of houses, right, they're on the river. Hurricane comes. All the, all the water comes down and just sweeps all the houses away. I mean, it was probably, like, 50 to 100 homes were just gone within... Minutes? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> And so it's, and then they just keep building right there. It's amazing how people do that. Or like if they're close to a volcano, you know, you know, it's going to blow up or you're going to have some lava come out like people in Hawaii. But the thing is, there's not a lot of space. (laughs) And so they just keep taking their chances. So so how big is is the Dominican Republic? Like, because it's an island. Yeah, it's actually not really too big. And it's split basically in half between Haiti and the Dominican. Right. Uh, I would say it's like all of southern Idaho. Okay. I mean, it takes three hours to get from one side to the other side in, in a bus. Okay. So it's not too bad. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, so it's really not too big. How There's many, a lot of people. How many areas do you guys have over there? Um, there were quite a few. I think uh, in terms of zones that we had... We had usually between seven and eight zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it switched with the new mission president. They kind of split some and moved some around. But, yeah. And there were about 180 missionaries. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had 250 in our mission. There was a lot of work there. And the cool thing was it's a lot different from missions, let's say, in the, in the States or in, right. in Europe or these other places that the work isn't so hot there. <laughs> but we, we had to actually get rid of people to teach because we would basically talk to, go down a road, and we could fill up our our schedule just on that one road. Because people love to talk about the gospel. Uh, they like to talk about their church, their beliefs. Hmm. And so we really had to pick and choose who we thought had the most potential. And so we would get rid of we would rather teach like families than little kids, you know, or, or if it's just a girl, um, because there's lots of issues with teaching young girls right. because they, you know, they're like, Ooh, these like missionaries. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we tried to avoid teaching them and our mission president actually made a lot, a lot of rules regarding how many times they had to attend church before they got baptized. And right. they had to have certain members that would, certain amount of members that would befriend them before they could get baptized. Wow, that's a, that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, the girls there are really flirty and they might see that as a way to get out of their situation mm-hmm. and go to the States if they can, you know, start to date or marry a, one, at least one of the American right. missionaries. Yeah, so how how was that split up between the missionaries? Like, were there a lot of Americans and a lot of natives or just mm-hmm. kind of? Yeah, I would say it was a 50-50 oh, okay. split. So it was starting to get a lot of Dominican missionaries. And we had quite a few uh, other missionaries from Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple from Panama, El Salvador. 
I had a companion from Mexico. And so we had quite a bit different. But yeah, it was about 50-50. And I assume it's getting more on the Dominican side. Now? Mm-hmm. A few years later? <laughs> yeah, I think just it's becoming stronger there. And uh, I've kind of seen that trend. Um, and I've heard that it's being done is that they're wanting people that are native to stay in their own countries to teach their own people the gospel. And of course, they're going to go to a different, you know, part of the country than where they're from, but they like to keep people like a lot of the Brazilian work now is done by Brazilians because there's like over a million people in Brazil that are members. So, I mean, they have a lot of numbers and they're strong in the gospel and knowledge and yeah, so it's, I, I loved having a good split right? between Americans. The guys I trained were Americans, but most of my other companions were either Dominican or, you know, Hispanic. Okay. Best ones, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how many companions do you have? Um, I had, i got to count. It's Uh-oh. been a while. I've been back for <laughs> like 10, 10 years. Um. Can you name them all? Yeah, so I was with, my trainer was Elder Macy, and then I went to Elder Gonzalez, who was my Mexican companion. And then I went with Elder Russell, Elder Thomas, Elder Simmons, and then I was with Elder Vasquez, Elder Folsom. Man, I'm already up to eight. Um, and then I had, um, Elder Jimenez and Elder Barnhurst. So I had 10 companions, excluding the MTC companions. Right. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with any of them? Uh, not a lot. I mean, you kind of like, you know, you're like their pictures on Facebook or like write little messages, but there's one. Uh, Dominican, my last companion, I, I talked to him quite a bit still. Cool. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to get better about that. Um, Facebook does wonders. I mean, yeah, you really get sure. to stick with them and see how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'll get some of them on here. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. Just, well, once you find one, then you kind of find more and more. Right. At least if, there are, if they were baptized members or were companions, then you just kind of... They usually have all the same mutual friends. Right. Yeah, because of the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have companions that say like that we have over 100 mutual friends. Yeah. It's like, whoa, man. That's a lot. <laughs> How? But, yeah, it's great, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine because I served a pretty comfortable mission being in the States. Um, I, I came from a, a poor background, but I, I kind of have been raised in a better, nicer environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I remember when I first got there, like the first week I was like, man, how am I going to, how am I going to go through this for two years? Like, it seems almost impossible. But at the same time, I was like, I know so many people have finished their missions, including my, my brother-in-law. I was like, I can do it, but it's just so, it seems so difficult. Like, when it's eye opening. Yeah. You like, get there and you're, <laughs> you're like, I don't know what I'm signed up for. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. I mean, it was definitely. Were, were you 19 when you went? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I did so, a year of college, and then I. So it, it. So most people, I think, that aren't members don't know how young we, we were or are when we go on our missions, because um, I had people that th- thought we were like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. It's like no, I'm I'm nineteen. <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. Well, it's weird looking at missionaries now. They just look so young. Cause I'm I'm thirty one now, and so, I look back at it, and they're just they're just still kids. Yeah, they're babies. And, like, time goes by so fast because I've been home for about f- five years. I'm going on five years. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I just I just thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but going on five years and I'm looking at these kids and it's like, dang, I'm, I'm eight years older than them. Like, I was being baptized when they were born. Yeah. And it just so, it goes by so fast that I, I don't see that yet. I still feel like I'm only a year or two older than they are. But it's like, man, no. <laughs> yeah. Before I know it, I'll be 31. But the cool thing is like <laughs> is that they the spirit just works so well with them and and it just it's it's perfect. Like they have this great energy and enthusiasm right. that maybe I wouldn't have as a thirty one year old. I would you know 
and they haven't they you know they're not they haven't finished school at, at least most of them haven't finished school or had like a big job um and so i can really see why they're so important to you know that they leave early right because they provide so much energy and love for the lord and they they have nothing to hold them back they just give everything yeah they're in the, they're at their prime um i've been watching a lot of like ufc and a lot of sports stuff mm -hmm. and a lot of these guys are so young a lot of them in their prime they're 23 24 a lot of the olympic athletes are in their teens yeah like 16 17 18 um i don't think the gospel is any different i think that being at that age 18 19 20 that they're still at their prime they can do so much mm -hmm. yeah so yeah like i look back and there's like i don't know how i even taught some of these people because you're taught your whole life don't talk to strangers and then but you go out door to door. Go in their houses. That's all you yeah. talk to. <laughs> there's some sketch houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, he wasn't a companion, but he was in, in our district. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to save his name just because it's, yeah. it's kind of embarrassing. So, um, but he, he would tell us the story of a time they would, they knocked on this guy's door and he opened the garage and he's like, Hey, like my, my door's kind of jammed. Like, come come through the garage door that's so sketch. so so they went in there and they like look over to the to his front door and it's like all barricade like just couches and like stuff on on the door so they wouldn't open it and so they he just closed it and so he's just like uh like where, where are we at oh. so yeah it was pretty pretty sketchy man i don't think i had any any things like that any experiences like that um we were close to the strip in one area so the closer to the strip, the the more kind of ghetto it gets, mm -hmm. and the sketchier it gets. Uh, once you go out out into the mountains, out and past past the strip, it gets really nice. For, on, well, no, I, I served in one nice area, but yeah, man, it's it's kind of sketchy. But luckily, everybody's like, "Oh, you guys are people of God. You guys are good. Like, we're not gonna do anything." Just like, whew. Yeah. <laughs> and you you really are protected. Like, yeah. I really believe that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I wouldn't take Shelby to a lot of the places where I was. Right. Especially not being missionaries. Especially at, at night. Oh, yeah. Well, did you had a couple scary yeah, things, didn't, didn't you? Yeah, a few times. There was a lot of... Like, lots of kind of creeper guys yeah, like, following you. Yeah, a lot of drunk people and... following us all the time. We would just run into these little little shops, and the people there were like, right. Oh, the missionaries are here. We can protect them. And then they would, like, see if the coast is clear. Like, okay, you can leave. Run home. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because like I feel like as as elders we didn't really have that problem, mm -hmm. um, because a nobody's really looking at us, <laughs> yeah. no creepy old men are looking at us, but I mean I feel like we are at a physical advantage if anything were to happen, but I don't know that, like that that'd be scary. Yeah, and I was with a few companions that were also from the states. We're both very very white, obviously. Mm -hmm. We stood out a lot. We would get catcalled all the time. Yeah. And just you, you just ignore it and just keep walking walk as fast yeah. as you can yeah it's yeah. unfortunate that that happens yeah but any any culture that has negative people that, that'll happen um yeah because you guys are you guys are pretty tall how, how tall are you we're five ten we're both five both five ten yeah. dang yeah so she looks taller than i do <laughs> not really <laughs> she's got the long legs <laughs> i think you're just stocky that's right <laughs> I prefer huge, massively, oh my muscly. <laughs> that's pushing it, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's some scary stuff, man. I don't like. We were in pretty, pretty good side of town, even the, the west side of, of Vegas. Um, the east side was a little bit more uh, run down, but the west side was nice. Um, and then they kind of kept all the sisters in in nicer areas, which and it was most of the mission. So even even in a town uh, that I served in called Perump, um, that that was a little rundown, but it was it was still a decent area. Like you weren't gonna run into any trouble over there, just middle of nowhere. Yeah, I felt that the areas that I was in, they were more out. We call it in uh, El Campo, and it's just basically like you're just out in the countryside. Right. It's there wasn't as much delinquency with kids, you know, and these little punk guys and so i felt really safe in those areas and even when i was in more of like kind of the capital city i still never really felt unsafe 
you know, just walking. Besides when you were getting shot at? Yeah. Those <laughs> at least those weren't directed towards me. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually felt really comfortable and I felt, you know, people don't really want to mess with you when you're, they're, they're very superstitious and they, most people believe in God. And so they don't want to mess with people who are missionaries or of, right. you know, because they're, they're very superstitious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because they think, well, if we do something wrong to these people of God, God will do something to us. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a Hispanic thing. Cause I'm, I'm not going to say I'm really superstitious, but I do have some superstitious beliefs. Yeah. I think it's just how I was raised. It's like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there are there most people were always really nice. You you get the little punk guys that say stuff to you every once in a while, or the little kids that make fun of you. They try to make you pronounce things in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll they'll say bad words in English. Oh. Just to kinda mess with you. Mess with you, yeah. And I remember one of my companions, he couldn't take it anymore they were talking about his mom and stuff mm-hmm. they were going to do to them <laughs> and so he took off running after these kids and so they were running around in circles and circles and circles and then finally i just like stepped in front of one of the kids and like shoved him because i was like i gotta stop it so i shoved one of these kids into like this like into like the side of a house <laughs> and they're like why did you do that i'm like Cause you're messing with my friend like just like leave us alone and then th- their mom came out at that time Uh-oh. and she just like ripped into her kid oh because she saw like the whole thing and so yeah she was asking us exactly what happened she's like oh i'm gonna take care of him don't you worry <laughs> it's like that my son will never do this again are, are moms over there kind of like mexican moms where they're oh, very yeah. like they get the chancla or they get the belt oh yeah they get the branch. Do they get oh, the yeah. branch over they're, there? They're kind of a violent people. Like, yeah. They, they hit, they slap. They... Yeah. yeah. My mom never slapped us, but she did hit us quite a few times. There's there's a lot of domestic violence as well. Like I remember we had, we were in a house and I was on an exchange. It was my house, but I had a, one of our zone leaders was over with me and the people above us just started fighting and you could hear them like screaming and then start to hit. And then luckily one of the neighbors like said something, but my, the guy I was with was almost in tears, like hearing that. Yeah. And so that happened quite a bit. There's a lot of domestic violence, which is really sad. I think a lot of it has to do with alcohol. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the guys there just get drunk. I mean, alcohol plays a huge part in their lives there. They just sit on the corners. They have these corner stores, and they just sit there and drink. And they don't really have bars, right? Right. So everything's just outside, and they just drink until they pass out. They pass out, <laughs> and that's sad because they don't have a lot of money, but they'll spend it on. They won't buy rice for their kids, but they'll go out and drink mm-hmm. their presidente, which is their beer. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, that's that's definitely a culture that um, is learned because Mexico is like that a, a lot of the places as well where it's just they don't really care for anybody else. They just want to drink. It's kind of sad. Stay yeah, away from and it. I wonder if it's either like they want to have fun, you know, and that's why they drink or if it's they want to get away from their problems and drink. And, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is to that, but either of them i mean it's just there's better things to do yeah with your time and money <laughs> yeah. i remember we went to uh visit this family we were teaching and uh they were they were drinking they were partying and this guy is sitting down and he's like do you guys believe in in the virgin mary <laughs> like uh what do you mean do, do you believe in her do we know she exists? Do we worship her? Like, what do you what do you mean? Do you believe in the Virgin Mary? <laughs> like, okay, You're like, all right, this is I not think. going anywhere, yeah. man. But it's like, man, that, like, yeah, alcohol. I don't know, man. It just messes with you. Like people people take it. And my my boss said something very interesting that she's like, you drink when you're sad and you drink when you're happy. It's like people just choose to drink just just because. Um, and it, yeah, it is kind of sad because like you can you can do so much so so many other things, um, besides just drinking and socializing. And people do it as a sh- social thing, 
but I don't know. It's weird. I guess just not being raised with it is. It looks kind of weird. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I, I get, you know, people, everyone knows that I'm a member of uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I get made fun of. I don't want to get made fun of, but they kind of push my buttons, yeah. you know. They're like, oh, we got to go drinking, and, you know, <laughs> we're like, like, I want you to try this. And one of the ladies owns a, her daughter owns a a brewery mm-hmm. around town, and so we're, they're always talking about drinking, and. They're always trying to get me, and I just say like it's just not appealing to me. Like I don't want to. My my dad is a, a convert to our church, and you know he, you know he dealt with alcoholism, and you just want like once you take one drink, I mean that could be the start of something really really bad. And I understand people can do it for social reasons, you know, every once in a while, and. That might not hurt you, right? It might not have an effect on you. Um, but I think it's just, why, why play with fire? And I don't need a, a substance to make me feel good or better or to have fun. And, you know, I I just, like, look at, look at Shelby and, like, that's all I really need. Like, she's my support. If I'm sad, like, that's who I go to. If I'm happy, like, that's who I go to. We do lots of fun activities, and I just don't need that in my life. And I remember, you know, just not too long ago, when you open up my web browser, it's like all the news kind of comes up at work. And I clicked on this one. It said 40 uh, celebrities who do not drink, 40 men who do not drink that are celebrities. And, you know, there's like these really respectable people that like just don't drink. And so... A lot of them had drinking before, and they decided not to because they wanted to be sober. They said, it's not worth it. I had alcoholism, or I just don't want to be under the influence of a different substance. And so I thought that was really cool, that there's a lot of people who don't drink, and those are real good examples to me. Yeah, and it's it's so weird how like frowned upon it is now to not, to not drink. Mm-hmm. So you'll mention, yeah, I don't drink. I don't drink any alcohol. Oh, what? You're, you know, that's weird. Like, why yeah, not? Yeah, you think we're weird, yeah. yeah. So you, how do you have fun? It's like... I hate that. It's just like, <laughs> I don't need it to be fun. Like I, like, I have fun by myself. Right. Yeah, there's so many other things we can do. Um. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I don't understand is they, people drink and they don't remember they don't remember what they did. And they're like, oh, I mean, I, I remember that I had a good time. It's like, well, what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But to all to all their own, right? Yeah, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do, yeah. I just choose not to because I don't, I don't really want to. Yeah. I guess it's just kind of the effect that we've seen uh, that it has in society, mm-hmm. um, what it can do. So it's kind of kind of dangerous. But we should make shirts that say like sobriety rocks or something. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Swear it around all the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because like even I was looking through through a list the other day of thing like ten or twenty things that you should do before you die or something, and one of them was to go drink in Oktoberfest. So I was like, eh, I can skip that one. <laughs> you want to go, shall we? <laughs> oh, I'm good actually. I think so. <laughs> The offer. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you guys want some something to drink, there's a little mini fridge back there. If you guys are thirsty. Speaking of, uh, Ooh, I see those Twinkies too. You can have one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of drinking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I don't know. It's just it's so pointless to kind of talk to people who are who are in that state. It's just they're not there. And if they are, they're not. They're not probably not not going to remember what you guys talked about. So it's very difficult to even talk to them, let alone teach them what you're trying to share. What's personal to you? They don't. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had an experience on around Christmas time. We had a a work Christmas party. We went to a hockey game, and this guy just got completely wasted. Um, he's probably he's 25. He just turned 25, but like I. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if he would need a ride home, like if someone could take him. And, he, and no one ended up being able to take him. 
and he lived all the way out um like in caldwell's i mean it was pretty far out there Mm -hmm. uh, from boise so i ended up taking him home and just on the on the way home he was just telling me how much he wanted to change his life right he didn't want to drink anymore and he was saying that he doesn't usually get drunk um like this and all right whatever but it really kind of made me feel good because he said like i want what i want to be like you i don't like i want to be happy and you seem so happy and and so i I talked to him a little bit about uh kind of like why i believe what i believe and I don't know how much he got out of that since, you know, he was under the influence. Um, he remembered a little bit, <laughs> like when we talked like the, the next week after, <laughs> you know, after the party, but I thought it was cool. I mean, people really do respect those who kind of have more of a control and they don't let those things influence them. Yeah. Which is funny cause they, people think, oh, well you guys don't have fun. Cause you don't drink, but at the same time, they're like, Oh, but we respect you for not doing it. Yeah. I, like, I wish I was sense. like you. I wish I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. They make fun of us, but they want to be like us. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... I, had a, I had a cool experience on my mission. We were teaching. Well, I guess this guy, he just came up to the church. Um, that's better. After <laughs> Sunday one, after church one Sunday, He's like, I want to learn. I want to be like, be like you guys. We're like, okay, like, let's see where this goes. And then turns out he has a drinking problem. And, um, and then we just kept teaching him like, Hey, you you shouldn't drink, like set some goals. And he set some goals and he stopped drinking and he got baptized after about six weeks of knowing him. Wow. Like people's lives really can change if they put their minds to it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that's really cool to see how uh, how much he changed during that process of not not drinking anymore and yeah that's cool I, my dad is kind of that has a similar experience with that he this isn't like in the hippie age this is in the <laughs> 70s right like early 60s 70s and he, his birthday like the night before he met the sister missionaries he was drinking because it was his birthday right so he's all hung over and they knock on his door, and he just tells them to come back the next day. And usually when the sister missionaries hear that, they're like, all right, he's not interested, whatever. But they did come back, and my dad was interested. And I think, yeah, interested. And he wanted to change his life. Hmm. And they taught him, you know, you can't drink alcohol, right? You can't have coffee and all these things. You can't smoke anymore. And from that day, he got rid of all those things never to touch him again. And so like what Shelby was saying, like people, when they put their minds to it and they really want to change, they can. And I think, you know, in a a gospel sense, it's, you know, God helps us and the spirit helps us to make good decisions and it can strengthen us. And if we do fail, you know, we have the opportunity to repent, to change and to get better and to become more like God and Jesus Christ. And that's kind of like our whole goal. And I, I just think that's so cool how uh, people can change and, and come to, to Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we teach for, for two years, for a year and a half for sisters, mm-hmm. um, is to repent that things can change. And like just because you do these things doesn't mean you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, people make de- Bad decisions. People make good decisions. Uh, it just depends on what stage of your life you're in. If you want to change, that's great. Most people, I think all people want to be good. Um, but if we're making poor decisions, it's kind of difficult to do that. But, yeah, I mean, that's what we teach is to, that any, anybody and everybody can be good. They just, like you guys are saying, need they need to put their heart in it. They need to, to, to take action and actually do something about it instead of just wishing it. Yeah, and sometimes it takes like a big event to help them realize that. And other times it's just like kind of a, you know, a continuous thing where they're just like, I just need to be a little bit better and better. And eventually they do, they become real good people. Yeah. 
you know, I had a, a Hermano Vicente in Vegas. If he, if he listens to this, he'll, I hope he gets a crack out of it. But he uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness. And it's super sad because he said he would tell us that when he was a kid, he would look at because they don't celebrate holidays. They don't mm-hmm. they don't um, celebrate them like we do. But he would look at the window during Christmas and he would see all the little kids playing. And he, they didn't have any lights. They didn't have yeah. any presents. It's just like, dang, man, that's so that's so sad. Um, but he was he was hardcore Jehovah's Witness. But the sister missionary started teaching him, and uh, he was like, okay, like he I think he he might have to to like retell the story because <laughs> I don't know if I'm t- saying it right. But he was kind of hard headed. Um, but they ended up kind of teaching him very well and. Um, they told him that he's not supposed to drink. So he's like, okay, cool. A few weeks later, he buys his 24 pack of beer. And this, that same day, the sisters came over and they're like, what is this? He's just like, it's kind of habit, kind of just whatever. And so they, they took every single one of those bottles and they threw them down the drain and he just watched. <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> but like, he didn't stop him. He, and then from that moment he did, on, yeah. he, he stopped just like whoa man (laughs) so it was kind of i mean i personally wouldn't have done that but man like props to them you know kudos to them very (laughs) (laughs) eye-opening yeah that's sisters got something special about them when they can they can do that kind of stuff oh yeah (laughs) um well we're almost at an hour what do you guys think i think we're pretty good yeah i think we had some real cool discussions yeah. So, you guys feel like we can do this again sometime? I think it'd be fun, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Lots of different topics to talk about and for sure. Yeah, I think so. a lot of experiences. Mhm. Yeah, man, just just keep in just keep in mind some things or just dig through your journals. Um, cuz there's some some experiences that people don't really hear. Uh, like there's a lot of, I'm pretty sure I've told most people my experiences but there's a lot of people that haven't heard them um same thing with with everybody else like i'm sure you have a lot of experiences that we need to hear oh yeah funny sad scary yeah well Um, sometimes you kind of want (laughs) to censor some of the (laughs) things that you like they're talking with certain people you don't want to tell them everything that happened right my mom right (laughs) she doesn't want to know that i was you know shot shot at (laughs) and like all these things and yeah like people throwing rocks at you and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Did you did that happen to you? Yeah, it happened to me. I got like yeah. Like big rocks. Like Ugh. it was like we were getting stoned. Did you get hit? Yeah. Wow. Ouch, man. Yeah. It was not fun. Isn't your guys' mission is just walking, huh? Yeah. No bikes, no cars. Dang. All the areas are very small, so it's very walkable. And yeah. if you have to go somewhere you just get on a bus and right. go. Yeah. Their buses are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we had we had it easy, man. Cars and bikes. <laughs> you just walked, yeah, right? Yeah, Shall I we? just walked everywhere. <laughs> yeah, up the mountains of oh, yeah. Cusco and Peru. <laughs> yeah. Peru, yeah. A lot of llamas over there. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Probably more in other areas, but yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, we'll have more to talk about those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for. Uh, for joining me for my first episode yeah i appreciate you having us on for sure um i'll have some more people on i'm gonna post it on facebook um and you can post it on your wall if you want yeah for sure um, do you have an instagram or anything that people can check you out at yeah mine's uh spud dot anderson for your instagram yeah do you have one yeah it's what is it i don't know i haven't been on it in a while it's <laughs> shelby perry 30 that rhymes. Shall we parry 30? There we go. <laughs> cool. Anything else that you guys like to be followed on? No, I think Instagram's kind of like the big thing yeah, right now. That's okay. Really Are you still editing videos? I do a little bit. I've been a little occupied over the last while with Couple this months. girl, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't do as many, I don't take as many pictures, do as many videos, but I definitely want to get done with it. I'm in grad school right now as well, so okay. I think when I'm done with that, I'm going to. We'll probably do a lot of fun things together. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, 
thank you everyone for, li for listening and we will catch you next time.